millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, James Michael McAdoo, Maurice Spades, Ogden Kuzmich, Joey Devine, JaVale McGee, David West, Sean Keane. Justin Holiday, Ian Clark, musical guest, Counting Crows, <laughs> musical guest Counting Crows, and now the host of Round Ball Rock, Dave Schilling. Whoa, what up, everybody? It's us, the three Round Ball Rock guys. We're back making an audio television show. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, that I'm would be sorry. great if that became our slogan. Just, just round ball rock podcast. Quote the three round ball rock guys <laughs> making an audio television. Making an audio um, television. I'm back from from Oakland. What a whirlwind tour! You know, I was sitting in my seat praying the Warriors would win. As you guys know, I didn't want to travel anymore, and then they did, and it was over. What an what a week! How are you guys feeling? First of all, Sean Keen, hi. I need to introduce you. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Sorry, I jumped in in front of that. Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Feeling like feeling like a uh, a tangential champion. And of course, Joey Devine. Hi. It's lit, fam. There you go. <laughs> how lit is it, though, that the Warriors are champions yet again? It's pretty, it's pretty lit. lit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weirdly uh, it it felt like a revenge tour, but uh, 
there was only one team to really get revenge on. It was like they wanted revenge against the internet and, like, other NBA players, but not because of stuff that had happened on the court, like revenge for Instagrams and Snapchat stories. Like, apparently, oh. there's a there's a feature on Draymond's team that you can read from last week that is mainly about how Snapchatting his dick made Draymond basically, like, put together a Draymond board of directors to yell at him if he's screwing up. <laughs> how does one get on that advisory committee is what I want to know. And now it's pretty, it seems pretty good. It's uh, the owner of the Dolphins, Maverick Carter's on it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo on. Tom Izzo is on Team Draymond. Wait a minute, Maverick Carter, the Maverick, Car- LeBron's Maverick Carter. Yeah, wait, the yeah. guy who produces the Wall, the producer of the Wall. Yes, huh. that's what you know him <laughs> from. A, and uh, I believe he's a, he's a supervising producer of Survivor's Remorse. Oh yeah, I I believe that is also true. That is correct. Okay, guys, what made you the happiest during this NBA Finals? And what made you the angriest? Joey, you first. Uh, Steph Curry going fucking nuts in the fourth quarter of Game 5 made me the happiest. And uh, what made... uh, Because I really feel like uh, he... Like an unfair amount of shit the last two finals where people were saying he'd never played well in the finals. And like, it was a weird thing where, um, I'm just so defensive of Steph. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Which is funny because he's a very wealthy basketball player. And you're like, don't talk. To him. <laughs> you know. uh, well, I mean, for me, it's less don't talk shit about him, but just like, you're literally forgetting what happened in the the first time they won the finals, which is like he had some real monster games. Like he had a couple bad games too, but like in one of the in the the first time they won, he scored the most points in the fourth quarter in finals history. Uh, he he really only had, he had a bad <laughs> game too in 2015, and then yeah, the rest of the series he was good. So, and he was he was suffering from uh, the effects of a concussion, if I remember correctly. Didn't he have a, his concussion that year? That that was Clay Thompson. I thought. I thought he had one too. Maybe, Maybe not. I don't Maybe know. not. Anyway, uh, yeah, Steph Curry played great. Eventually, he's going to get a Finals MVP. Let's be real. Come on, guys. Yeah, they're going to be in the Finals it, well, like eight more times. Yeah, his they're numbers. Go- it was funny because his numbers are like were so good in this Finals. That in any other finals, he would have been the finals MVP. It just so happened that Kevin Durant played, like, one of the great finals of all time. And it was a better story, obviously. Right. Well, he, was, he was 27. He, had, he averaged 27 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds in the finals. Steph or KD? Steph. Steph. That's ridiculously good. <laughs> but you know who I'm but really... KD shot, like... 50, 60, 90, or something like that. Yeah. It was, it was a, a finals plate at a ridiculously high level. And totally. And sure, it was a four games to one beatdown. But just look at the individual performances from LeBron James averaging a triple-double for the first time 
uh, in history, a single player averages a triple-double in the finals. Kyrie Irving had another great series. Well, that is the thing yes. that makes me the most angry. You did ask me what made <laughs> yes, me the I did. most angry. And Kyrie? it's the fact that I have to, like, begrudgingly agree that Kyrie Irving is good at something now. He's super good at basketball. He's just not good at playing defense. But he's really good at the other parts. I still hate him. (laughs) There are people who hate Steph Curry and and Kevin Durant. Let me just say the thing that made me the happiest in these finals, besides them being over quickly, is Kevin Durant's mom. You know what? She really is. She ruled. She's a real MVP. She keeps him honest. Uh, It's awesome to see how much he cares about her, and likewise. And, uh, you know, all the villain talk is one thing, but, like, Hey, man, the guy's got a mom, and she seems really chill, so shut the fuck up about him. He's a good dude. <laughs> like, I got into a Twitter fight with Jay Kang, because Jay Kang was like, oh, this fucking shit's garbage, and the NBA sucks, and he's ruined basketball. I'm like, you, you're crazy. You're absolutely, what? you're on something. What you need to team chill is out. Jay Kang a, fav- a fan of? I don't know, the Knicks, probably? Something dumb like oh, that. okay. Because I've found that the people who complain the most about the Warriors ruining basketball have, in my in in people I've met, are most of the time Lakers fans, uh, Bulls fans, or Spurs fans, and I'm like, fuck you guys! You're all just mad that you're not one of like the seven teams who've won an NBA championship anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all <laughs> ludicrous, and it comes back around to bite you in the ass eventually, no matter who you're a fan of. And uh, I'm sorry to say that the franchises that you you mentioned, this one, the Spurs are still very good. And if Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard stayed healthy, they, that would have been a competitive series. Two, the Lakers ruined themselves, and the Bulls <laughs> are still in the process of ruining themselves. So I'm sorry, these teams need to just be better. So that's the thing that made me the angriest, is all the hot takes, the anti-Kevin Durant hot takes. Get them out of here. This is basketball played at a high, high level. And this idea that it's like a permanent situation or that people hate it when there's when there's no doubt in it, it's like the, the Shaq-Kobe Lakers were like that, too. They have, like, almost the exact same pattern as the Warriors of, like you know, two competitive playoff series in three years, basically. Right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like, oh, 2001, yeah, they had the finals. To, oh, and I guess I guess one series a year has been competitive for them. The like, 2001 finals were not competitive. The 2001... Right, but oh, the, Sixers, the Sixers won was. one game. That's yeah, right, that's right. So, so you're looking at the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals and the Kings in the Western Conference Finals, and then... Essentially, the Lakers just dominating every other series they played. The Indiana series had its moments. That was a that was a veteran Indiana team. That was their first. That was the Lakers' first trip to the finals. But by and large, yeah, I mean they they creamed everybody. But by the third championship, you could start to see the cracks in the facade mm-hmm. and how it was starting to fall apart. And it will fall apart for the Warriors. This yeah. will not last. Look at their salary cap situation. Well, and Think look at, <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say, just look at, like, I, I have a lot of faith in Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, but they're both guys who have missed <clears throat> tons of time 
because of uh, medical problems that very much recur all the time. Like, oh, you're a seven-footer with a bad foot? That usually doesn't come back to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, oh, a never. point guard with, with very fragile ankles? Yeah. Like, like, Clay Thompson is basically almost never injured because he's a robot and all he does is uh, walk <laughs> his dog and play basketball and play chess. He, does he play chess, Joey? Yes, he does play chess. Uh, he's basically Michael Fassbender in Prometheus. <laughs> like that not part Michael where Fassbender they're all in sleeping. Alien Covenant. No, no, no. But like that part where they're all sleeping and he's like, uh, riding a bike and dribbling a basketball at the same time, that's basically Clay Thompson's life, I think. <laughs> uh, I think you're probably right about that. But this, you know, to go back to the, the initial point, see, this team is not invincible. They even lost in, in, to the, the, uh, the Alamo guys, didn't they? Or no, the Spurs did. The Warriors lost plenty of fantasy matchups uh, that we made up. They lost so. to the Banana Boat team. <laughs> yeah. um, I In believe the they lost to the female Ghostbusters. They probably did. <laughs> there are rules in place in the National Basketball Association that prevent them from being championship contenders for longer than about five years. And we're already on year three. Yeah, I mean, they have maybe two more years left to be this dominant, and then it's. I over. don't know. I think they've got three or four. Okay, well, you know, that's a year. Take a year, uh, add a year, but there's a shelf life. And to say that they've ruined basketball and that it's only going to get worse from here is probably the dumbest take I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I also have to say that I'm 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 a little tired of hearing about how magical that that boost in the cap made everything possible and it's like it did in a way but essentially they cleared money by trading away Andrew Bogut and letting Harrison Barnes go and if the cap doesn't only goes up a a smooth amount instead of spiking as much as it does the only difference is Kevin Durant comes and Sean Livingston leaves like they had planned to go for Kevin Durant regardless and if you want to talk about luck uh, one of the teams in the finals received three number one picks in four years. <laughs> <laughs> and and they just happened to be so bad that they drafted their hometown superstar LeBron James. Yeah, it just it's just so happened. The, that the two good the year they... <laughs> This is so stupid. So what are they the get... yeah. We gotta move on. But I just I mean, mean I just want to look back and say, what were the best draft choices that the Cleveland Cavaliers have made in the fifteen years since LeBron James? <laughs> they did a good job of picking LeBron number one. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving. Uh huh. They also drafted Anthony Bennett. Yeah, and Luke <laughs> Jackson and Dewan Wagner, Wagner and, Kate, Kate and Tyler Zeller. Did not play one minute in the finals. Well, Patrick McCaw came in and held it down. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know who could have picked Patrick McCaw? The Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yep. Let's remember also that the the Warriors won an NBA championship with a uh, a bench rotation that included washed ass David West. JaVale McGee, Patrick McCaw, and Ian Clark. 
Well, you're forgetting Andre Iguodala. Well, I'm no, I know. And Sean Livingston. I'm not including those guys because they're good. I'm talking about the guys who are not good, who are okay. just average basketball players. That's the that's the point. Is I know they have good bench players, but they yeah. also threw out these guys who outplayed Darren Williams and outplayed Iman Shumpert and outplayed Kyle Korver and these guys who were at one point all-star caliber players. Yeah. But yeah, to me, the difference actually, I mean, it's not the, the difference is Kevin Durant, but like one of the real differences in the series is LeBron James's uh, insistence on signing 100-year-old play, bench players. Yeah, does, does LeBron James get of, his, does he get his advice from Doc Rivers? Is that who he learned how to be a GM from? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very weird that I mean, basically, once you're once you're really capped out, like the Warriors and the the Cavs are, you're limited to your bench slots by you know second round picks or D league guys plus uh, veterans who have decided to take the minimum, meaning they've generally played enough years to have amassed enough money that that's a fair decision for them. So it's really, really crucial to be able to develop your K Felder, you know, to get Ian Clark is essentially their ninth man and he costs yeah. a million dollars and he's young. And I really think that's gonna be a, a a kind of a valuable thing for the Warriors. It'll be very interesting to see where they buy into the draft this year. Because they basically need another Sean Livingston or another Ian Clark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the Cavaliers are digging through the garbage uh, after the All-Star break trying to well, see if Larry Sanders can play basketball. Uh-huh. And well, they cut DeAndre they cut DeAndre Liggins for no reason to sign Dante Jones who was unplayable and DeAndre Liggins isn't very good but he could have played 5 minutes of defense. It <laughs> wasn't Dante Jones's most memorable moment in the playoffs getting a technical in garbage time. Yes. Yes. He uh <laughs> he received now LeBron said he would pay one of the fines, but Dante Jones made $9,127 I believe this year for his one game that he played and he received $9,000 in fines during the playoffs. So he clocked in just paycheck wise $127 for his last two months of work. <laughs> I like the surprise <laughs> that he would pay for only one of his fines. Yeah, because he paid a big fine last year, and then and then this time was like, I'll pay the fine. Wait, how much is the fine? And then said, I guess I'll pay the fine. <laughs> well, All the right. reason he paid the one last year was because it was... Because Dante Jones's flagrant was protecting LeBron James. Like, there was no reason for him to pay this year's, except the fact that he'd done it before. It's out, It's outrageous. They yeah. have a ter- they had a terrible bench, and that's what happens. Uh, speaking of the Warriors bench, though, JaVale McGee now has more NBA championship rings than Charles Barkley. Will this affect how Shaq talks about him on Inside the NBA? I think it will. No. I think it will soften his stance on Javale only because he will use Javale as a cudgel to beat Charles Barkley with. 
I like this idea. Uh, I like this idea, too. JaVale tweeted after the game that he is now the only man with a rat tail and an NBA championship ring. Shouts. Which was, big shouts. Which was somehow only the second best JaVale-related championship tweet. What was number uh, one? Uh, number one was Anthony Later, the Bay Area News Group um, uh, beat writer for the Warriors. Uh, the guy who left Oklahoma City to come with Durant to, you know, the traitor, um, <laughs> uh, tweeted um, that, oh man, why can't I find it now? Uh, he tweeted that happen- happening now, JaVale McGee runs on treadmill while rest of team surrounds him and cheers him on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because he didn't play much in Game Five. He needed to get some get some reps in and get some get some cardio. Um, all right, moving on. Kevin Durant could not get his bottle of champagne open at first and failed to open his beers Steve Austin style by bashing them together. He says it's because he hadn't had a drink since the MCL tear, which he did. He I did think say, he did say that in the I, conference. I, he did say that in the press conference, but I don't think Kevin Durant likes beer. Well, he spit out half a beer, didn't he? That, exactly. Yes, he started to chug a beer and then spit the entire thing out. But let's be real. He still seemed pretty drunk at the podium. No, I mean, I mean he was pretty drunk. I think he was saying, <laughs> he was saying that he uh, just didn't realize what a lightweight he would be after four months of sobriety. <laughs> and... Uh, there's a great. I would check out the Anthony Slater. Basically, followed him around after the game, and I didn't realize the amount of just sort of like straight obligations you have as the Finals MVP because he was doing like Good Morning America and talking to Rachel Nichols, and he had pictures and did podium and didn't end up cutting off. I think his ankle tape until like two hours after the game ended. Um, yeah, it's a hard it's a hard job. But uh, they they seem like they drank a lot. <laughs> well, he it, I forget who it was. It might have been Iggy or it might have been Steph or Claire somebody, Draymond. He just wanders in during the press conference. You know how it's typically like very ordered and uh-huh. all right, that's mm-hmm. up next we have uh Kevin Durant. He'll be in in a few moments and then it's like 15 minutes go by and then he comes in with his head down answers the questions. But he just wanders in and starts taking selfies with people in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. There's there's footage of him where he shows up and I think Steve Kerr has like four or five minutes to go at the podium and he's fidgety like a kid like a kid waiting to get his picture taken or something. He's like real real distracting in how he can stand still, I would say. Uh it was very endearing. Yeah, no, I, I, it was great to see them get to celebrate because last year it was so depressing to watch them uh, soak in the, the the misery of blowing a three one lead. But this was this was the exact opposite of that, and it was very cool to see. I don't think um, there's been an I don't think there's been an Oakland home uh, championship since like the A's in the seventies, maybe Joey. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, so it was kind of cool that fans at the Coliseum could just kind of hang out. And it it's weirdly uh, crowd-friendly outside because there's just sort of a lot of, like, 
hills and bushes and open spaces and oddly placed gates. So, yeah, it was fun to see the fans go nuts like that. Yeah, I, I, the only regret that I have is not taking um, confetti off of the floor. But it was all confetti soaked in beer. So I thought that'd be kind of gross. <laughs> um, I was watching, I immediately turned on the CSN Bay Area feed. And it made me kind of sad that the Warriors are moving to San Francisco. Because it was like the most East Bay scene I've ever seen. Like, they were dancing and yelling to blow the whistle by two shorts <laughs> at the top of their lungs. And then blow the whistle ended, and then immediately two short came out and did a live blow the whistle <laughs> right afterwards. That's awesome. I, uh, I, of course, as soon as I was done filing my piece, I, I wandered over to the... Um, to the media shuttle back to the Grand Hyatt Hotel in the city. And so I'm not seeing any of this. I ended up seeing it, you know, on my phone, like tweets and stuff, the celebrations in downtown Oakland. But then you get across the bridge, you get back to the city, and it's nothing, nothing. It's like any other day in San Francisco. Um, Of course, I was staying in, like, you know, the touristy area near Powell Street and, all that, but it just it didn't seem like they had won a title. Even in Los Angeles, after the Lakers won in t- 2009 or 2010, both of them, you know, it was it was more lively than that. So yeah, I feel bad that they're moving to San Francisco too. It's a shame. I saw there were some trash fires um, in the mission, but yeah, I've I've never just, lived in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, <just> a normal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was I. I thought it was really special, also because I can remember when Too Short retired uh, nineteen years ago with his retirement <laughs> album, and uh, you know he's album back. It's 10. a mad. He's like the 10. Willis Reed of hip hop. <laughs> uh, LeBron drank a forty five hundred dollar bottle of wine in a barber shop in a video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you see that? No win. Uh, it came out during the finals. Uh, Draymond's in the video, too. Uh, it's called Barbershop Talk. And it's, uh, it's, he did it for the Interrupted. So it's LeBron, it's Draymond Green, Charles Oakley, Mav Carter, and, uh, 2 chains. Oh, the producer of The Wall? Oh, you, the you're talking about, uh, talking, about James, talking about LeBron about LeBron James's posse from Team Draymond. Okay, <laughs> so he's drinking a forty-five hundred dollar bottle of wine in a barber shop. God damn, man! And that's why, and, and oh, that's what that's when LeBron revealed that his whole family, including his mo- his mom, was like, "You're not going back to Cleveland." I remember that letter he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Well, didn't like, he say that his mom? Didn't he say that his mom was like, "If you're go, you can go back, fine, but I'm not going back." <laughs> yeah, she said, "I'm staying in Miami," but then apparently his mom's quote was, "Oh, fuck that, we ain't going back." <laughs> uh, this is two years in a row that I did not go to the Cleveland games of the finals, and so I still don't know how terrible Cleveland is, but. LeBron James's mom doesn't like it, so I probably won't like it either. Uh, game five <laughs> of the finals had the best television ratings since game six in, that's right, 
1998, baby. Hell yeah. As, as much bullshit as people talk about this ruining the NBA, it actually didn't ruin the NBA at all. This is right, the because it's ever happened to the NBA. It ruins the NBA if you're like a blogger who has to watch every game and write a new but story like, all the time. Yeah. yeah. But if you're my mom who's just like going to watch the NBA finals every year, it helps. It's like it's like a summer series that like the characters don't really change. Like, oh, the Warriors are playing the Cavs again? Great. I don't have to learn anyone new. Oh, they're yes. under the dome again. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, Michael Jordan and the Bulls had that same relationship with casual fans. This, these are, this is the team that we see. They're playing a new, a new uh, opponent. Uh, and are they going to win this time? And you watch. You don't tune in necessarily for the like tight competition. So a lot of times the competition isn't that tight. You tune in to see the best basketball players in the world be the best. Yeah. yeah. It's the same it's reason not- you watch Bachelor in Paradise in the summer. <laughs> it's people who are at the best at what they do <laughs> at the top of their game. Well, we're not going to be watching it this summer. Uh, yeah, Sean. <laughs> Sean, have you been paying attention to the Bachelor in Paradise news? I'm just, I'm really, good. I'm really disappointed in Demario. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Uh, so we already talked a little bit about Steph's crazy line in the finals. Um, he is arguably the best shooter in NBA history. Question: Is J.R. Smith the best terrible shot shooter in NBA history? Or is that Kobe Bryant? I think JR is the difference with Kobe is he was just shooting so many shots in general that like it, JR it feels like he took like eight threes no nine threes in game five and he hit seven. Yeah, of he them. went nine of eleven. And oh, he was uh, nine. He went, of 11 oh, he went nine Wait of eleven. A what? Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was to um, commemorate uh, Kyrie Irving's dad. Oh, that's Frederick. Really nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Ky- yeah, Kyrie. Yeah. Do you know? You remember Kyrie Irving walked home after nine eleven? Like, like Kyrie Irving's dad was in the building and left. Yeah, and Kyrie, I believe, walked his little brother home from like Wall Street to, I want to say maybe the Bronx. <laughs> I mean yeah. that he's got that clutch gene, baby. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, he shot nine eleven. I want to say that like seven of those threes were closely contested as well. I mean, and one of them was like forty two feet away. <laughs> uh, he had one where he was falling down, and he had a chance at a four point play, and he missed the free throw because. No one was jumping in his face, so he just didn't know how to react. <laughs> uh, he was awesome. He was by far the scariest Cav in Game 5 as a Warrior fan. It, it did seem like there was a point where he could have taken over. Um, yeah, but uh, then Kyrie and LeBron stopped passing to him. Yep, which <laughs> was very odd. Uh, and also, <laughs> you, you can't deny the fact that the thing that was really missing last year in Game 7 was someone who could just get a bucket. 
Yeah. If they're if you're starting to trail by too many points, if it's really close uh, and you're losing a lead, you just need a bucket. Yeah. And they didn't have that guy. Harrison Barnes missed a bunch of open threes. Uh, Steph was still dealing with an injury, and Kevin Durant was the guy who just give him the ball when you just need two points. Yeah. And he well, you points. just can't also have what missing happened. layups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, what happened is Steve Kerr basically played no centers in Game yep. Five this year. Uh, he learned <laughs> no Anderson Vergeau moment. Finally, no Festus Azili, no Anderson Vergeau. Zaza played a little bit, but that's it. David West was really good, so he kept playing him. But that was like the only big they played. I yeah. want to say he still played Zaza way too much in that game. <laughs> he looks terrible. I mean, like, Kevin Durant was... had nice things to say about him in the press conference, but he looked shook, man. He uh, looked shook as hell. So, yeah, he was negative nine in his ten minutes. He had no points, two turnovers, and four fouls. He did yeah, get he three was... offensive rebounds. But, yeah, it that when he when he played for the first like 3 minutes of the first half i want to say the warriors lost i don't know something like 7 points of their 11 point lead and then yeah. and then it was okay after that but jesus christ that there were did... moments where i thought they were going to lose that game and most of those moments involved Zaza Pachulia playing basketball yeah um so shouts to Steve Kerr for not playing him that much. Yeah. Uh, did we talk? We talked about the parade a little bit, did we? Or did we talk about that off off air? Uh, that was off air. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Draymond Green at the parade, which is happening today while we're recording, mm-hmm. wore a T-shirt that said uh, it was in the style of the Quicken Loans logo, and it said Quickie on it. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron posted that same photo with the caption, "That's what she said." So obviously, yeah, which there's still point some... LeBron, point LeBron. Yeah, pretty solid. Although that is <laughs> now granted, if Michael Scott was a basketball player, that is also what he would have posted in response. Right. Correct. So... Uh, any chase, bro? Like... Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to move move on to the big question, but uh, you're going to say something. So oh, I just think it. I just think LeBron kind of has a real like dad sense of humor. Like I don't, I don't think he's watching new comedies necessarily he's like a classic guy like i I could see lebron uh calling something like shagadelic or like (laughs) quoting or like quoting the knights of knee oh man i want to watch i want to watch we're at with lebron james he's probably just loving that movie oh yeah he's like (laughs) Like, oh it's nice lebron it is nice it's nice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, what shade-throwing t-shirts would you guys like to see at next year's championship parade? Um, I would like to see Clay Thompson wear a shirt that is J.R. Smith's tattoos, like he's shirtless. Uh, Yeah, shut shut it down. That's it. That's the answer. (laughs) Clay Thompson was wearing a Bone Thugs and Harmony t-shirt during the celebration, too, which is a good... Well, here's another the thing. Beca- hot jab. I but love because, it. Well, be, because it's Clay Thompson, though. Um, yes, they're a Cleveland group, but Clay Thompson also is clearly a big Bone Thugs and Harmony fan. 
<laughs> like he was he was super into their halftime performance and there's videos you can see of him rapping along to stuff. So just because it's clay, I want to say it is trolling, but I do think he 100% likes Bone Thugs and Harmony too. Definitely. I'm going to say yes as well. <laughs> what if someone just wore a t-shirt of the the Dan Gilbert letter? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's it. That's the one. And maybe um, like I could see I could see maybe Andre Godala wearing like a charred LeBron James jersey from 2010 when he left. <laughs> uh, I've got one. Yeah. Okay, so let's assume the Cavs win the NBA championship next year. Unlikely. Mm-hmm. Let's assume they I want to see J.R. Smith wearing a Kevin Durant Seattle Supersonics jersey. Oh, <laughs> burn. Huge burn there. Okay, and like bur- uh, just burning Seattle, too. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> a lot what, of different people that maybe don't deserve it. Anyway. What, what bought out vet do you think will be like the designated shit talker? Like, they've used Dante Jones. This year he was sort of struggling, so Richard Jefferson had to be the guy who was, like, stirring the pot. But who's who do you think it's going to be? Um, I don't think he's going to be washed. I think it's going to be somebody who is so not washed that it hurts. Dion Waiters, baby. Oh. I'm coming home. Cue the uh-huh. music. <laughs> they should really Robot. bring him back. Robot, can you play I'm coming home real fast? I'm coming home. Wouldn't that be tight, though, if they brought him back? Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we deserve is Dion Waiters on the Cavs again? I mean, Dion and Joe Smith on the same team? Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. That's the dream lineup. That's right. That's the that's the actual death lineup. You know and that someone actually... might be killed. <laughs> <laughs> they could if if Miami ends up missing on like Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin, would it be that impossible that they would trade like a young guy and Dion Waiters for Kevin Love? Well, isn't Dion a free agent? He's res- yeah, he's just a regular free agent. No. But they could sign and trade it to make the money work. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. Um, we oh. should probably talk about that, right? Like, what do the Cavs do? Oh, let's no. save that for let's save that for next week. Because we uh, let's see how the draft shakes out. Because we still have a bunch of shit to talk about. Yeah, it's on, it, we have a thing on the rundown a little further down for that. Okay. Yeah, we'll Sorry. get there. We'll get there. It's okay. Last question about these finals before we start looking ahead to the future. Sure, the Warriors are the NBA champions. Mm-hmm. But have they officially won the woke-off? They haven't officially said they're not going to the White House, but they've... Steph Curry did. ...thrown it out there. Wait, Steph did, Curry, he actually, did he actually say that? His, the gist of it was, I probably won't go, 
And everybody else said, well, our leader is Steph Curry, and if we'll follow whatever he chooses to do. Uh, and then uh, I think it was Iguodala who said, uh, well, we don't even know who's going to be president by that time. So Wait, he said that? Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> we... yeah, he's like, somebody else might be in office. I'm so going we'll... to say right now, I think that Trump doesn't even invite. I, I think, think you're 100% right about that. I think he's going to just not be like, it, he, he really wants to save face. He's going to invite the Washington Generals instead. <laughs> what if he invited the Oklahoma City Thunder because he tra- he prides himself on rewarding loyalty? <laughs> Maybe. All right. We oh, and quick- also their ownership is also under investigation by the Justice Department. So yeah, they're really like team. They really are Team Trump. You can um, say that. <laughs> yes, Joey. The weird thing is, I was. I have. I been muted this whole time. That was weird. Um. Uh, the weird thing is, is I, it would be, it would have been crazy if the Cavs won because he definitely would have invited them, but LeBron wouldn't have gone. And I think Dan Gilbert just would have been the only one there. Oh man. What if you they, Dan did? Gilbert would have gone alone? <laughs> yes. It would have yeah, been. <laughs> Dan Gilbert's like a Trump dude. Yeah. They did have the Trump. Republican convention in the Quicken Loans arena, which basically removed all of the good vibes from last year's finals. I was just going to say, yeah. do you guys think that Trump cursed the Quicken Loans arena? Despite his mere presence? Um, I think he made it harder to play there because it, there were still leftover Russian spies just wandering around the bowels of the arena. I getting think, in the way. I think the karma was just too un, un, unstoppable. <laughs> they couldn't overcome it. I also wonder if David Griffin kept trying to sign those guys to 10-day contracts to play center. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Sergey Lavrov is now your... <laughs> okay, we got to take a quick break for a word from our newest sponsor. We got a great beverage sponsor this week, guys. It's a wonderful new craft beer from Oakland, California, run by Warriors owner Joe Lacob. It's called Light Beers Ahead. Lacob got the world's best brewmasters together to team up for an unstoppable collection of brews, all available in low calorie options because you want to keep up a fast pace when you're drinking. All the brews are great for outside, but they can go inside, and they're flexible enough to adjust to any situation. Even that situation where your team owner has a threesome with two Larry O'Brien trophies. There's the AIPA, the bitter non-alcoholic beer from Andre Iguodala. There's the Steph Curry Pale Ale, which is honestly just as strong as many darker ales. Clay Thompson also has a pale ale, but it's got hemp in it. You'll want to try McGee's Java Ale, a coffee-flavored stout it's very strong. You know it's got tons of hops. And for a limited time, there's a sensational beer from former warrior Harrison Barnes called Bummerfest. This time last year, Light Beers Ahead was coming off a series of blue ribbons. And each blue ribbon was involved in a sex act with Joe Lacob. But they came in second place, thanks to Andrew Bogut's refusal to showcase his beer in the pizza restaurant where the judging took place. Also, he angered the organizers by only referring to it as a Foster's Festival, 
Because in Australia, that's what they call all beer. It's true. Now, with the greatest brewmaster in Oklahoma on board, the new Slim Reaper Pilsner is virtually unstoppable. You can order them by the case, by the keg, or simply have James Michael McAdoo pack as many beers as he can into his Hyundai Elantra and drive them to your home. But order soon. After July 1st, the tax is going to get very high on light beers ahead. Light beers ahead. So good. It's almost unfair. All right, Robot, it's news time. Can we get a news drop from Da Robot, please? This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Uh, thanks, Robot BB. <laughs> First thing um, first, guys. <laughs> Joey? I'm glad we went with Da Robot, not Ja Robot, because <laughs> it would be real weird if we had a reggae-themed robot. Well, <laughs> you never know, Joey. <laughs> uh, what about Ja Rulebot? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Monica! <laughs> What's my motherfucking name? <laughs> okay. Gary um, West. Later yeah. Legend. Maybe the the first man to look at the mixed up jigsaw puzzle that was the Golden State Warriors and say, "Ah, I see, I see the Mona Lisa uh, amongst all <laughs> these pieces of shit and cardboard." He's now going to the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. The fuck. First of all, rumors, that's my number one. Well, the rumors are he he wanted to go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. but they were not interested. Well, uh, the other rumor is that he's taken his son from the Lakers to the which Clippers. Is a huge loss. Yeah, that's like a giant loss for the Lakers. What does his yeah. son do for the Lakers? He's involved um, in scout scouting. Yeah, he's the scout. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's he so was like, like he's like the guy who found Larry Nance, basically. And yeah, Jordan he was, Clarkson. He was the one not stupid person. Oh, well, that uh, makes sense because the book Showtime has like five references to how mad Jerry West was that Dr. Buss wouldn't draft Larry Nance Sr. So it, it makes <laughs> sense that that kid, after hearing it, I'm sure he it. heard his father complain about that for 25 years and then was like, <laughs> I, I should probably pay attention to the son, even though he just goes to Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers had no interest. The Lakers' brain trust is Magic Johnson, Jeannie Buss, and Rob Polinka. We'll see how that works out uh, on Thursday of next week. Uh, uh, apparently, they're shopping the pick right now. Which is That's what I've been rumor. saying for weeks. This is great. They're listening to me. Trade the pick. I don't want Lonzo Ball. He's are they, trash. Are they trying to trade it for a veteran, or are they trying to trade down? It's un. Uh, they're trying to. Tra- they're, it's unclear. They're just taking and making calls. I read. Yeah, on let's the make pick. some calls. Man, I, I would. I'm not... If they could get the five and the ten from the Kings, that would. Be I would love that. So That'd good. Be well, so th- well, I have that later down on the rundown. Oh, we're oh talk uh, about the Kings and the five and the ten. But let's <laughs> let's go back to Jerry West. Oh, yeah. I understand the Lakers not wanting Jerry West. I get it. They've got a team in place. It's a shame they're losing Ryan West to the Clippers, 
whatever. Jerry West is an older fella. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't know anything about basketball, but the Warriors were not just Jerry West waving a magic wand and turning them into a great team. There were many elements in place for them to become a great team. Jerry West is not going to magically change the Clippers into a champion any more than Phil Jackson going to the Knicks is going to make them not shitty. You know well, what I mean? I mean so his, his biggest thing is not trading Clay Thompson slash drafting Clay Thompson, right? Those are the uh, that's the main Jerry well, West move. The Monte Ellis for the, keeping Steph Curry. Yeah. Is so, also him. So in a way, he deserves a lot of credit for believing in Clay Thompson. But also, this is another sense where he just paid a lot of attention to an NBA player's son. <laughs> like, like this, that seems to be a bit of his M.O. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, there's no reason to assume that he is going to work miracles. But the question is, is I mean, he's acting? definitely better than Doc Rivers, though. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think he uh, he obviously deserves a bunch of credit for the the Warriors, tons of credit for the Lakers. His tenure in Memphis was not particularly impressive. Correct. He, he well, he, like, what's his best move? Drafting Pal, I mean, trading for Pal Gasol on draft day. But he didn't do that. He wasn't working on the team then. And he didn't Wait, was he not there trade. yet? No. But did he trade oh, Pau uh, for Mark? He traded... It, it was Sharif for Pau Gasol. But Mark that happened before he was trade. there. Yeah, he was... Uh, and no, Mark, he was not the one who traded for Mark. Uh, that was Chris Wallace. So um, he traded He traded Drew Gooden for Mike Miller. He, that's a it's, weird... That's a weird trade. It's, um, it's but, just... It's not... I mean... I think probably he helped the organization to just become more legitimate, and that's probably very valuable. He definitely uh, he traded for white chocolate. Okay. Uh, he made that uh, weird deal where he traded white chocolate and James Posey for Eddie Jones, mm-hmm. which kind of uh, handed Miami Shane that. Battier. He gave and then immediately traded him for Rudy Gay, right? Oh, no, no, he didn't um, do that immediately. No, Shane Battier's there for a while. So he, he drafted... But then traded him for Rudy Gay. Did he, I don't think he was game. there yet for, for Battier, though, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. The The Gasol trade was, like, eight months after he got there. It, sorry, after he left. It just was not super... You know, he gave Brian Cardinal a six-year contract. That seems <laughs> weird. Um, uh, well, he hired Hubie Brown. Uh, he traded Kendrick Perkins. Um, he did dra- He, you know, Mike Conley got drafted, but it was like three days before he was quitting. Um, he drafted Kyle Lowry, but didn't think he was good because they drafted Mike Conley. Um, um, I mean, to be fair, though, to that Memphis situation, like he was able to bring, like, a straight-up expansion team into the playoffs a couple of years in a row. Like, that, those Memphis teams weren't great, but they weren't bad. Well, he made, them, he made them legit. I think he was good for the organization. I'm just saying, if you're expecting him to make magical trades, the last time he really made, like, one of those was when he traded for Glenn Rice, you know? 
Well, I mean, the other thing is, is they do say that uh, he was the one who really brought Durant home. Like, he was the hammer. That okay, sure. hour-long phone call with Kevin Durant where he told him how sad he was still about all the times he lost in the finals. And how if that, if he came here, he wouldn't have to deal with that. Was well, they say is really like the thing that brought that over the top. Let's let's look at this from a different perspective. Okay, the Warriors when he came were a team that was not in a position to challenge for a championship. But they, they had were, Steph Curry. Yes, they had already gotten Steph Curry right, <clears throat> and then they draft Clay Thompson. Um, yeah, which apparently he had. He loved Clay Thompson. They had draft picks, is what I'm saying. They were a team yes. that was in the lottery. No, they had a very good young player and draft picks, and yes. like uh, and flexibility. And the Clippers have none of those things. Exactly. They don't have the draft picks. They don't have the cap flexibility. There's go either either they cut bait and they let Chris Paul and Blake Griffin go, bottom out, start hoarding draft picks and try to rebuild from scratch. Or they continue to just like put band-aids on the leak at the bottom of the boat and hope that it doesn't sink before they get to shore. This is not a this is not the same situation as no. the Warriors by any stretch of the imagination. So if you expect this to be a three to five year project similar to the Warriors, you're completely wrong. This is like a seven to ten year project, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't see this happening anytime soon. I I think this means like uh, the just the hiring of Ball, of of Jerry West at the same time Steve Ballmer's trying to build a new basketball arena. They've been trying to reboot the team again for the third time in three years. It feels like five. he he's it's almost like he's trying to add him to like the Clippers board of directors. So. It's not him and Doc Rivers meeting with important people. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna glad hand when they have to sign sponsors for the arena, and they have to justify the fact that they're building a basketball arena in a town that already has more than one basketball arena that already has multiple concert venues, and he's putting it in Inglewood. No. Yeah. And they're still the Clippers, and it makes no fucking sense. I mean, it, this is this is these are steps in, in in towards legitimizing this franchise that has the stench of death on it. I mean, to me, it what you have with when you bring in Jerry West, what it also lets you do is make unpopular moves that Doc Rivers might not have wanted to make himself as the coach, but now can say like, "Look, Jerry's the boss. Like, I don't. If we had to trade DeAndre when he yeah. himself would not." You know, it just gives them a little bit of cover. So, to me, it either means they're, like, really just locking in with Blake and Paul and... uh, Blake, yeah, Blake and Chris Paul and then just figuring it out. Or it means, you know, with Jerry West there, they could kind of gut it right now. Yeah. And, and, And not have to get rid of Doc Rivers as the GM. It's a face saving move. It's like, you're still the GM... But you might want to run all of those ideas past this guy. Yeah. You can't blow off because he's Jerry fucking West. And Doc Rivers is still a good coach. He's just a bad general manager. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Doc Rivers, but you're not allowed to trade for Vince Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I know you really want to go out and get Pau Gasol or um, you know any number of guys who are at least washed adjacent, but yeah. no, you can't do that. You need to sign young players who can play minutes for you. I mean, you can honestly say that the difference between the Warriors and Clippers breaking through has kind of ultimately been being able to get contributors in the draft and, like, young players who can do something, whereas, I mean, the Clippers have had... Have they gotten anything at all from the draft since they picked Blake Griffin? Uh, Eric Bledsoe, but that they traded him. Yeah. And they traded him for... JJ Redick, uh, who is officially yes. also on his on his decline. Yeah, well, ask. he's also leaving. <clears throat> JJ Redick is obviously leaving. Yeah, uh, he's going to get his his one final fat contract and yeah, his career. But uh, I think Brooklyn, you can say, baby. <laughs> I think you can say that of every team, every like contending team. It's not the Warriors, save for San Antonio, who actually is very good at drafting young players and is the one the one franchise truly equipped to beat the Warriors. Uh, but Cleveland, the Clippers, um, terrible at drafting. And just and it's not even just drafting, but it's letting those guys actually develop. What would it have been like if, you know, Dion Waiters had started his career? With the Miami Heat, yeah, like would he, he might, just he be might've... an All Star right now? Probably. Yeah, yeah, instead of the dysfunction of Cleveland. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, I also want to say you know Boston's pretty good, been pretty good at drafting. Um, so Marcus Smart, I don't love, but he's a useful rotation player. They're really okay. good at, at maximizing what their players can do. Yeah, maybe not fantastic at selecting which guys to go for, but you know. Whatever Jalen Brown's going to do, he will probably come close to maxing out in Boston. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown's going to be really good. I hope not. <laughs> uh, so we, we briefly touched on Steve Ballmer wanting to build an arena across from the football stadium in Inglewood. Um, does this mean the Clippers are up to no good? That's a good joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and And here's another one. If the Rams, Chargers, and Clippers play in the same location, does it immediately become haunted by suckiness? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It's like the epicenter of all that is terrible about Los Angeles sports. I can't I, believe this. This is such a mistake. If I, so bad. I wish they would put... Um, you know how they sometimes do those sort of like airbrush things of somebody in the clouds, like when, some, when a celebrity dies? Um but kind of like Lion King-esque, heads in the clouds. I yeah. would love to see a mural at that intersection that just has like <laughs> these these thoughtful heads looking down, and it's uh, Mike Dunleavy, um, Mike Martz, and then Marty Schottenheimer, like all together looking Jim down. Jim Everett should be on no, there Jim Ed- Oh, that would be great. Yeah, like like just Mount Suckmore. Danny like, Manning. The- yeah. Eventually Jared Goff will end up on there. <laughs> Oh, good God. Uh, this would be like if the Nets, the Islanders, and um, the Jets all moved to Brooklyn together. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like Mark Sanchez like goes to cut the ribbon and ends up like accidentally severing one of his fingers because he loses his balance. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, let's make that happen, Brooklyn. You already got the Nets, you already got the Islanders. Let's build another shitty football stadium for the Jets. <laughs> How about it? I, and before we move on from this, this is a, the most terrible idea of all time. And Steve Ballmer is doing this with his own money <laughs> for no other reason than ego. That's it. Yeah, there's... I don't want to play in the same arena as the Lakers. This whole town loves the Lakers. But what about the Clippers? What about the Clippers? Who cares? They stink. They are perennial, mediocre basketball. They're the Grizzlies, but somehow more dysfunctional. <laughs> well, definitely more dysfunctional. The Grizzlies are not dysfunctional. They're just a perennial between three and six seed who had one good run, one or two good runs, and now they're just settling into the end of their competitiveness. Uh-huh. That's what the Clippers are doing. They're like a real... You know, former former dreamboat actor who's just moving into a high profile character actor role. You know, it's just. Uh, but they never made it. They're like, uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah, I guess it's, it's a guy from Castle, right? The guy from <laughs> like, oh, you got close, but you know, Castle's over now, bud. This is like Kira Sedgwick deciding. You know what? I'm going to make the best basic cable show I can, and I'm going to sign a five-year deal. This is my level now. And that's that's the clips maxing out Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Uh, but you know who would change things in Los Angeles? LeBron James. Uh, there have been whispers, again, and let me preface this by saying there are whispers every fucking year about this that LeBron James will want to play for either the Clippers or the Lakers. What the fuck? Why does this keep happening? At what point are people going to be like, okay, this is all just a way to keep pressure on Dan Gilbert right. uh, and force him to make LeBron happy? Because they've basically been talking about LeBron coming to the Lakers for 10 years now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, after, after the... Um, after the finals, the the uh, Cavs lost to San Antonio. I feel like they started talking about, oh, yeah, he's coming to the Lakers, baby. Uh-huh. And the decision, like, he's coming to the Lakers, baby. <laughs> and then last year it was like, he can opt out. He's coming to the Lakers, baby. Yeah. <laughs> my, problem with, my problem with this rumor, my main problem with this rumor this time is people are like, he's got a house in Brentwood which is 30 minutes from the Staples Center. And you know what? Brentwood is not 30 minutes from the Staples Center. <laughs> Brentwood is an hour and a half from the Staples Center, if you're lucky. Yes. And also, every NBA player has a house in L.A. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It... That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know how easy it is for them to buy houses? It's like saying <laughs> one pair of shoes. Like, yeah. Oh, whoa, you have... You have some sneakers, and you have dress shoes, and you have sandals. Wow. No, it's just, that's just like you need to have more than one pair of shoes because you need more than one pair of shoes for different occasions. That's how LeBron James feels about homes. Yeah. Anyway, this is a ridiculous story. You think it's a scam by Chris Paul and LeBron James to 
mutually put pressure on their respective owners. I think, yes. I think, like, if LeBron is constantly alleging that he's just hinting that he's going to go to the Clippers, what it is going to do is make Steve Ballmer keep putting expensive guys around Chris Paul because he wants, you know, to to make sure he's still viable for LeBron, even if LeBron has no intention of going there. Like, he's, like, doing a solid to Chris Paul. Do you also think that maybe this is um, a really clever way to keep the Clippers from ever getting good? I mean... Because, <laughs> well, think about it like this. The Lakers, right, have had for years, when Kobe was still around, this vague notion that they could just they just need one more piece, baby. Uh-huh. One more piece, and we're going back to the finals. All we need is Dwight Howard and Steve Nash, and we're going to the finals. <laughs> let's let's hold out hope that we can sign Carmelo Anthony, and then we can go to the finals. Yeah. And I- all that shit didn't happen, and even if it did, I mean, look at what happened with Dwight and Steve Nash. It was a joke. If 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 Carmelo went to the Lakers or LeBron went to the Lakers or LaMarcus Aldridge or any of these guys, they they would have s- continued to suck, and we would be starting this process from square one right now instead of being three years into the project already. Yes, I mean it. I really think that Carmelo Anthony will be making. I mean, he's got a couple more years on this contract. He could seriously milk the idea that 10 years ago LeBron said he really wanted to play with Melo sometime. Like, it'll... It's a way to get his friends more money on their deals because because of the hint that it could help uh, bring LeBron in. Yep. I feel like Chandler Parsons is also... <laughs> has done that but for himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, despite not actually being that successful in recruiting people... It does. It, there is this idea that Chandler Parsons means other stars will come too. So why has that not ever worked out? Yeah. Uh, and Chandler Parsons. Okay. Uh, Lonzo Ball made fun of his dad in a Foot Locker commercial. Uh, it was a commercial celebrating Father's Day. It all seemed very glum and and somber. And then uh, you know Lonzo starts talking about all the weird shit his father has done in the last year and a half, two years to potentially ruin his draft stock. Um, I guess you guys want me to answer whether or not this makes me feel better about him coming to the Lakers. The answer is no. I still don't want to draft him. I mean, would you guys take him at number two? Yes. Why? Why? Because he's good. He's good in college, but I am not convinced that he is going to be good in the pros. But they played an NBA offense. Yeah, like but he, he brought plays. like a garbage team to. He made them really good by himself. Hey, what about TJ Leaf, man? <laughs> That's the thing. He <laughs> TJ Leaf was on his way out of the lottery, and now he's a lottery pick because of Lonzo Ball. Okay, okay. What? Who did they lose to in the NCAA tournament? Kentucky. Okay, Kentucky is known for what? Producing tons of NBA players, sure, big, big guys, guys who can bang and who can who can fit into the NBA right away. And he had a terrible game, if I remember correctly. Uh, he did. He did not play great against Fox, but okay. I do think Kentucky was just better. 
I don't understand the physics of him getting that shot up when playing against guys with NBA wingspans, with NBA height, with NBA strength. When he's he's uncorking his shot from from his nose, uh, I don't think that he's going to be good. I really don't. I think he's, he's maybe could be Monte Ellis, but I don't think he's going to be Steph Curry. I just think from a culture standpoint, he's like a real game changer. The way he moves the ball and the way he made UCL the rest of UCLA move the ball. Like, he just, like, it's that Jason Kidd share the ball mentality thing. But you're, not, you're not concerned with the fact that he had terrible workouts, uh, allegedly? No. You're not I don't care with... about workouts. I don't care about him having one bad game in the NCAA tournament. You're not concerned with the idea that he's going to a team where he has no one to pass to still? I mean, if, he's a, if, he's a, if he's a great distributor, if he's going to change the culture, he still needs people that can make baskets. But isn't that what D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram are supposed to do? Yeah, they're supposed to, but I think we you can agree more than anybody that they're not great at that yet, and you are out on all of those guys. So I just think, I think for the system that Luke Walton wants to play, a fast-breaking, share-the-ball, run-and-gun system, Lonzo Ball is an excellent fit for that. Sean, what do you think? Well, you know, I would... I, I agree with the concerns about Lonzo Ball, but... He's what I really like about him is that he he doesn't look like he's like the strongest guy, but he's like six six and really fast, and that yeah. just it seems like I mean I wish he I don't know if he's like a wonderful fit for the Lakers, but it kind of because just because of D'Angelo Russell, who I think is is really good too, but it does seem like those two guys are not an ideal combo. So they cannot play next to each other. That is not See, I but if I they don't if... Sam Vecini, mm-hmm. the like NBA draft guy saying that Russell is actually the perfect guy to put next to Lonzo because Lonzo's actually not a good ball handler in the half court. Oh, he's and more of a Russell fast is. guy. Yeah, yes. Well, so do, you basically do, have two ball. You need a you need a secondary ball handler with Lonzo. Apparently, that's what they say. If he's not great at dribbling in the half court, that seems like a little discouraging. Yeah, isn't that Clay Thompson? No, Clay Thompson like can't dribble at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's fa- that's fair. <laughs> but they, at the same time, like that was, my, that was my favorite thing. Spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I want him. I don't want to know if I want to draft a guy like that at number two, who is going to invariably become a spot up shooter because he can't set up an offense in the half court. I just the only thing. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily trade down, but if I wouldn't not trade down, basically, like if I could trade that pick, uh. You know, yeah, for the Kings five and ten, I would probably do that. You know, I would do that in a second, baby. Just because I think Russell's good, so that's 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 mainly my hesitation. Is just it's also a psychological. Maybe they, maybe they play together well. I mean, Lonzo's really big, and do, yeah. Do you think that one of the reasons why the Seventy Sixers 
have continued to struggle. Not the only one, not the biggest one, but one of the reasons is they continued to draft the same position two years in a row. Yeah. I well, don't like I, that. Don't, <laughs> like I don't. Carter believe, I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe that D'Angelo is a point guard, though. I mean, I think that's really the question you come, it comes down to here. Like, is do he, you think D'Angelo Russell is a point guard? Does he? Yeah, I do. Is he going to help Brandon Ingram and the other young guys max out if he's running the offense? Right, and I don't really I think know. He has really so. strong court vision. I think he's he's he finds guys when they do get open. I think that he's perfectly reasonable at setting up an offense in the half court. He can right, run. but Dwayne Wade is all of those things too, and not a point guard. Yeah, well, Brandon Ingram can run the offense too. Let's not forget that Brandon Ingram is very capable of playing a point forward type Giannis position uh, when he's maxing out his own potential. So, how many like ball handlers do you need? At some point, there's going to have to be a trade that's going to be made. Clarkson so, has to go. Clarkson is going to command too much money to be a six man with uh, limited upside. So who he's, he's Lou Williams basically. Who would you like them to get in the draft, Dave, instead of Alonzo? Um, I don't know. De'Aaron Fox really appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What's wrong with that? Tell me. De'Aaron Fox does not appeal to me. Okay, well, tell me why. Well, I mean, so your biggest problem with Lonzo is his shot? No, like, I didn't say that. I didn't say it was his shot. I mean, I mean, his shot is a problem. But De'Aaron but Fox's problem. shot is way more of a problem than Lonzo's. At least Lonzo's goes in. <laughs> my, my biggest problem with Lonzo <laughs> is that I don't, I don't want the distraction, and I don't want to draft a point guard uh, like him when you already have D'Angelo Russell. It's just going to create a really negative situation, a negative culture. Um, yeah, ideally, you trade down or you trade for a veteran. I'm not even sure who that veteran would be um, at this point. I don't want it to be like, oh, we got Carmelo for the number two. Because then I think I would absolutely burn all my Lakers merchandise. <laughs> That's what happens. Like, oh, we want to be an eight seed next year. That's our our number one goal is to finish as the eight seed and get creamed by the Warriors in the first round. No, I don't want that. I, I I want someone. I know Paul George is a free agent next year, and it's very likely that he will sign with the Lakers. But I think the Cavaliers are a legitimate suitor for him right now. Um. And they don't have a ton of assets to trade, but I'm just afraid of the idea that LeBron is going to call him and say, come here, play next to me, we'll have a new big three, and we can send Kevin Love to the Pacers, and he'll, besides the Celtics, that's where he belongs more than any other place in, in the NBA. Um, so I would consider trying to make it work with the Pacers and just mm-hmm. get Paul George, call it a day. Joey, if you were the Pacers, would you trade Paul George for the number two? No. Oh, if I was the Pacers, yes. Yeah. And would you? Would you like? Would if you I was take, the Lakers, I wouldn't do that though. Would you? Would you do it if you could get the two and like? What if it was like Paul George and Monte Ellis for the two and Luol Deng? 
<laughs> I'm not taking. I'm not taking Luol Deng's contract. What? No way. No one will take that. I'm not contract. taking Luol Deng's contract. I'm just. I'm Throw just. It. I wonder what the bribe. Uh, yeah, maybe just no one's taking it. <laughs> Throwing Clarkson. I. I take. I take Clarkson. Yeah, that's a valuable um, piece. I don't uh, know. I'd probably pay. I, I would demand Nance, Clarkson, Clarkson, and the two. And would you give him salary relief? I guess Clarkson kind of is salary relief. Yeah, because he's he's on his uh, right, and, but they're also taking Monte Ellis. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! Monte's only signed for a year. Yeah, no, that's not bad. Um, um, yeah, I I think I'm probably panicking a little bit too much about Paul George going somewhere else. I probably should just but see, blow up. yeah. If no, I but that's you, a legit concern. I think he's not going to Cleveland. That trade is crazy. That's not a legitimate trade. Well, he's but just... the, you, you have to assume the Cavaliers are shopping Kevin Love and want a, a sure upgrade, both on the offensive and defensive end. And the best wing that is on the market right now is probably Paul George. Man, yeah, but though, Indiana but... gets nothing trading uh, Kevin Love for Paul George. Also... No, they get something because Paul George probably is the same, right? I think you. I mean, they kick the can down the road to trade Kevin Love later for more stuff. For you're more likely to get stuff for Kevin Love than you are Paul George. But I would, like, I would also think if you're Paul George, um, don't you not even want to get traded at this point? Like you're an unrestricted free agent in a year, or you're potentially eligible for a two hundred million dollar contract in Indiana. Like at this point, right. I, I don't you think even... he wants to stay for the money? Well, it just seems it's a huge – it's just such a big amount of money difference. Like this is like a – can't he get like an extra 40 or $50 million? I don't know. I it's, think it's so, like yeah. Chris Paul, Chris Paul situation where he just gets way more. So I would just yeah, wonder if – he if... makes an all-NBA team next year. And I just wonder In if – Indiana. That seems unlikely. But is just anyone... that I just don't see anyone like – dumping on Paul George for not winning a ring in Indiana or anything like that. Like, he's not that desperate to plan a contender. Maybe he wants to go to Los Angeles to live in Los Angeles. That seems more likely. But him... Right. I'm not really sure that he would want to go to Cleveland for one year because... I don't, it just feels like a weird... that he would he would want to extend in Cleveland, like when LeBron's to get, like, LeBron's 34 to 38 seasons or something, you know? Right, like, Yeah, LeBron, but you're still playing with Kyrie Irving. LeBron, LeBron is not going to com- make a commitment to oh, yeah, Paul they're George. Both free agents LeBron at the is same not, time. Yeah. LeBron is not going to commit to anything. That's not his job. His job is to scare Dan Gilbert every year that he might leave again. Yeah, so I would just think, if I were Paul George, if I really wanted to go to the Lakers, I would just wait. You know, send yeah, right. signals that you're interested, but like, you know. If I was the Lakers, I would wait. The only people I would be afraid of is the Celtics. Yeah. I'm definitely yes. not afraid yeah, of the Celtics. Yeah, but the Celtics are making their big Gordon Hayward push, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they could add Gordon Hayward and Paul George. But why would you they want have both the of cap those room. They play basically what? the same. You play one at the two, one at the three. I guess. I don't know. They just seem very similar to me. But yeah, I mean, I I kind of I'm not totally convinced that all those guys are in love with playing in Boston. But maybe I'm wrong about that. 
you know, if you had to choose uh, Gordon Hayward or Paul George, which one do you think is going to be less uncomfortable playing in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair question. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Last thing. Um, the Kings want to trade the 5 and the 10, as we talked about earlier. Well, they don't want to trade the 5 and the 10. I mean, they do. They really want Deer and Fox, apparently. And they think he's going to go at least 3. But Uh, he's not. Deer and Fox is 100% going to be there at the 5. Because Philadelphia is not going to pick him because he doesn't shoot well enough. And, yeah, he's he's a point guard who can't shoot. Wait a minute. When was the last time it mattered whether or not you could shoot for the Sixers? They, they drafted because... Ben Simmons and they drafted Jaleel Okafor, two guys who both can't shoot. Right, but it's Brian Colangelo now. I know. I just wanted to make a joke about the Sixers. Um, and Ben shoot. Simmons is their point guard. Yeah. They totally. keep saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so they're not going to draft De'Aaron Fox. Uh the Suns, as they're constructed right now, aren't going to draft De'Aaron Fox. So they're going to be building around the Chris Bender uh, Booker? That's that's the, yeah. the group? Yeah. And then it'll be Tatum or Jackson. Listen, guys, let's not give the Kings a reason to not let the Lakers fleece them again, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't love also, it if so they got the, the five and the tr- but say the But Lonzo is definitely going to... Yes. Whoever, like whether the Lakers traded or not, De'Aaron Fox is going to be there at five, like yeah, guaranteed. What if the Kings are that stupid and they <laughs> trade up to two? They they draft De'Aaron Fox because they think he's going to be a huge deal. And then Lonzo might go to goes, the Suns. Goes to the Suns, yeah. Um, but and I mean, then the Lakers get to draft whichever wing fell. Yeah, at five. Yeah. I mean, I would be all for that. And then you got ten, which you know you can find, you can find a, a diamond in the rough at ten for sure. Listen, I, that's where I'm at. I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to draft Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of the two. I want two, two players instead of one. Is that so crazy? No, I don't think so. No, think the, that's I think great. The, I think I, the Kings are idiots I mean, for trying I, to say this. I pick, yeah, I posted that. I put this on here as a let's make fun of the Kings for being. Yeah, are they, are they out of their minds? Yes. Okay, good. All now, right, which, let's move on. Which guy plays the best of defense when it's five on four? That's what they should be looking at. Deion Fox. Yeah, because you want because they're going to be sending <laughs> like yeah they, they need scal scal scal's cherry picking yeah. yeah 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 exactly. <laughs> Where do we get the robot in into that lineup? Oh man, he's he's <laughs> oh that trash the trash the trash, the trash, the trash robot. robot not our robot. Don't worry, robot. We're not trying to trade you to the Kings. We promise. We'd never do something. R two trash do. <laughs> um. uh, when I was at the Sacramento punchline, I was talking about River Cats and Slams and the Lion, the mascot, yeah. the totally disrespected mascot of the Sacramento Kings, by the way, who got a golden retriever as well who was a mascot of the Golden One Arena, but not of the Kings. <laughs> uh, but I said that, that Slamson was the fourth best player on the Kings, and a guy in the audience went, Hey! Well! <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, on that note, let's uh, let's wrap it up this week. As we mentioned last time I was on the show, Warriors versus everybody is no more. They, they won beat the everybody. Title. Yeah. They beat everyone. Um, that gimmick got used somewhere else anyway. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's continue to innovate onward and upward. Uh, <laughs> before we before we <laughs> sign off. Obviously, tweet at us Round Rock Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, let us mm-hmm. know if you want us to. If you have ideas for games, is what I'm trying to say. If there are things you want us to do in this last segment, let us know there, or let us know at roundballrockpod at gmail dot com, and we will and talk about your your suggestions on the air and try to figure it out. And speaking of roundrockpod at gmail dot com, uh, roundballrockpod at, at gmail dot com. I mean, sorry, round. Ballrockpod at gmail.com. Uh, we are at 42 reviews. Oh, that's so close. Yeah. Uh, Eight away, baby. We're so, so close to Billy. If you, if you screenshot yourself giving a five-star review <laughs> on iTunes and email us the screenshot with your address, I will send you a free Roundball Rock podcast sticker. Oh, that's great. There you go. Very attractive. And, and and we also have posters from the live show that I think we should sell. What yeah. do you say? Yeah. So email sure. email us or tweet at us. Uh, and if you want to buy a poster from the live show, six dollars sign, signed by us, six bucks. Uh, it's well worth your time uh, to have this special thing. We we might even get Zach Harper uh, and CJ Toledano to sign it too. Who knows? We might we might even get um, I don't know who else. Maybe I'll get someone to sign it from when I'm at the draft this week. Maybe I'll get Aaron Fox to sign it. Probably not, but maybe. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of, we uh, I will be at the NBA draft on Thursday night. So we are going to do I think a special episode for the draft. My suggestion, guys, is that you guys record it live during the draft. And I will te- I will text you my thoughts, and you can read uh, my thoughts. I think I'll be that's like a good the idea. I'll be like the Woj of the uh, Round Ball Rock podcast draft special. And we'll get as many of our Round Ball Rock friends here to come watch it and yeah. jump on when their teams make their picks. It's going to be a great a great night. It'll be available as soon as we can get it up, so that you can listen to it as close to the event as possible without killing Sean who has to do all of the recording and, and producing and releasing of the episodes. So within reason. Um, um, I also have, yeah. we have a Facebook page now, which That's you guys right. should all like that on Facebook. And I have an incredibly dumb idea oh. heading into the draft. Great. Let's which see I, if we can get to like, if, if you guys are interested in this, I will watch all ten and a half hours straight of Draft Express videos and uh, broadcast it live on Facebook, me watching it, heading into the draft if we get enough likes. How many likes do we need to get to that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll, 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 we'll announce when we post the episode. How about Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, just like the page so that we can torture Joey and yeah. make him yeah. watch these videos. If you want to see me get... Super tortured for ten hours. 
Oh man, uh, you are live on Facebook. <laughs> He's gonna hate Deer and Fox so much by the end of this. <laughs> uh, all right, anything uh, you want to promote, Sean? Uh, just uh, the business every Monday night at Little Joy Bar in Echo Park. Um, and July 3rd is going to be our three year anniversary of having the LA show. So. Oh, and hey, isn't Sunday your birthday? Oh, Sunday is my birthday as well. Should we invite the fans to come to the birthday party? <laughs> yeah, if they want to go, we'll put it on the Round Ball Rock live page, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the Facebook page. Put it on the Facebook yeah, page. I'll put it on the Facebook page, so if you're yeah, interested. So if you're really interested in, in meeting Sean and buying a poster, uh-huh. just come to the birthday party. I'll and, bring, and go to the I'll bring stickers as well. There you go. Huge, huge. Um, uh, Joey, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where this week I tweeted, do you have to have a nervous breakdown, break the law, and or have a drug problem before people get excited about a comeback? Damn, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, as always, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down, let's go home. Yo. No, shut it down, let's go home. Be bold. Be bold, Canelo. You said we should look out further I guess it wouldn't hurt us We don't have to be around all these coffee shops Now we got that percolator Never made a latte greater I'm saving $23 a week Drive to a house in Preston We see police arresting A man with his hand in a bag How's that for first impressions? This place seems depressing It's a Californian bungalow in a cul-de-sac Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.